Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Welcome to the Soul H2O radio and podcast show Advent Series. I'm your host, Sherry Stahl, and I couldn't be happier you joined us for Episode 2 in this group of shows focusing on the themes of the Advent Candles. Love for the holidays will help your heart learn where to turn for true love that will never let you down this Christmas and always. Take time to download the Soul H2O journal pages to help you dive deep into the teaching segment and quench your spiritual thirst. You can even use them for your personal devotions. They can be found on today's show notes at soulh2o.com slash 89, along with information about our guest, author Leah Gray, and her book, No One Brings You a Casserole When Your Husband Goes to Rehab. So let's dive into today's Soul H2O devotion and get refreshed. Christmas and love are pretty much synonymous. It's celebrating that moment in history when Christ, because of his love, left heaven and came down to earth. Jesus, fully God, took on humanity, what theologians call the incarnation. That Jesus forfeited the comforts of heaven to reach the hearts of people in this world still baffles me. That God the Father allowed his son to come overwhelms me. John 3.16 expresses the motive of love best when John says, For God loved the people of this world so much that he gave his only son so that everyone who has faith in him will have eternal life and never really die. God's love compelled him to send Jesus. And in case you're worried that God was a cruel father to send his son, I hope you'll see that love was also Jesus' motivation for coming as you listen to what he said in John 10, verses 17 to 18. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. Jesus also says in John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And then in John 10, 15, 12 to 14, he says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. Did you catch that? Jesus doesn't consider you to be a part of his friend group if you don't love others like he does. The nativity is a beautiful picture of how Jesus' love compelled him to come. Jesus wasn't forced to leave heaven and give up his life for you as a baby in the manger or as a man on the cross. He had the authority to do whatever he wanted. And because of his love for you, he came as a baby, grew up and lived as a man, died on the cross, rose from the dead so you could have eternal life and is coming back to live with you for all eternity. This hope of Christ's second return is the root focus of Advent. It's great for you to celebrate his birth and the love that compelled him to come, but never lose focus that because of his love, he's not going to leave you in this mess we call the world. Jesus will come back and right now he's preparing a place just for you. 
Revive Our Hearts with Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth is committed to calling women to freedom, fullness, and fruitfulness in Christ. As the author of over 20 books and leader of the True Woman Movement, Nancy has dedicated her life to introducing and guiding women through biblical womanhood. Revive Our Hearts with Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth, weekdays at 11.30 a.m., right here on JOY, hometown Christian radio for the GTA. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Leah Gray is an award-winning writer whose online courses on boundaries and addiction blogs have reached over 350,000 women since it started in 2014. She created an online support group, Habit, that focuses on biblical principles and advice for wives and partners of addiction. I'm blessed to call this young, fiery redhead my friend. Leah Gray, it is so good to have you on the show today. Thanks, Jerry. I'm so happy to be here. Well, this has been a long time coming. You have been um, a friend for a while, and we got to meet years ago when I was speaking in Simcoe, Ontario, and this this beautiful girl comes walking up with her mom to talk to me, and yet you told me a little bit, just a little bit about your life story and what God had put on your heart to start doing, um, and that's really where it all started, didn't it? Yeah, I had just started thinking about a blog back then. And I remember the lady that you were with, Penny, she put her hand on my head and said, permission granted. And I was like, oh, okay, Lord, I'll start this blog thing and see where it goes. <laughs> I'll never forget that talking in the back of the church and you're just kind of picking my brain on all things blogging. And, and that's where our friendship started. And it was just incredible to watch how God took the brokenness that you were going through at that time, a really difficult circumstance, and how he used that to um, to really minister to so many people. But the story really starts so much sooner than that, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. <laughs> So, so you're on today and we're going to be talking about your, your new book and it's called No One Brings You a Casserole When Your Husband Goes to Rehab. <laughs> An incredible title that is going to shock a few people and hopefully that'll make them get the book. <laughs> but once they start reading it, they're not going to want to put this book down. When I read it, Leah, I told you, it just captivated me. And I know some other girls who have pre-read it before you released it. And it is just incredible of how you've really told a lot about your story. And so we're going to go way back. You affectionately called a boyfriend the fish for reasons that I think you're going to explain here. But he was someone who had such a hold on you. And I think so many girls can relate to this because we tend to have this guy either in our future or in our past or our present that has a, an unhealthy hold on us. So maybe can you tell a bit about that? Yeah. So it was a very long time. Like we met when I was in about grade seven and I was friends with his sister first. She was in my in my class in school. And it, things just kind of developed naturally over time, but it that lasted until I was like 19. So it was a really long time. And all of my crazy, young, obsessive years of being a teenage girl were all wrapped up around him. 
And I think Mm -hmm. that because I was so young and because it lasted so long, it was just so kind of became like a part of who I was almost. And I just really didn't see my life going any other direction except with him. So when I was 19 Mm -hmm. and then things really like weren't going very well, he had um, been out with somebody else. And then later he got somebody pregnant. That was it for me. Like that was just that I didn't know what to do. It just wrecked me. I I love how you told the story in your book. It was kind of like reading a Judy Bloom novel. Like I felt like for bits of it where it was just like watching this girl make these bad decisions. And I thankfully was reading it knowing, okay, your life is so changed from this girl, this, you know, this phase in your life as a teenager of being just trapped emotionally to this guy. But it also led you to, you know, make some decisions that had really long lasting Um, repercussions for your life. Yeah. And I think it affected all of my relationships as well, moving forward. Like I really didn't Mm -hmm. plan on marrying anyone else that I was dating because I really wasn't very serious about it. I just assumed Mm -hmm. I would end up marrying him. So I didn't make good choices in between the fish or right after the fish because of that. And I think that over time, making those bad choices, it really affected how I felt about myself as well. And I lost I lost confidence as time went on. I think that's something really common with a lot of us girls, that those relationships where our heart gets broken, it does. It so affects, you know, who we think we are and how we value ourselves. Yeah. And when you make that many bad choices, eventually you start to wonder what's wrong with you and if God will forgive you. And then maybe you're not really worthy of a really good boyfriend anyway. And so you kind of become like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Where you're just making all these Mm -hmm. really bad choices time and time again. And then eventually you can't get out of it anymore. Yeah, it it is that thing where it's just like this snowball effect of one decision leading to another to another. And until someone comes into our lives that helps us to get out of that, oftentimes we don't get out of those circumstances. And I can't wait to come back after the commercials to hear the story about how God brought people into your life to help you to get out of that cycle. I'm Leah Gray from episode number 89, and my music pick for the Soul H2O radio and podcast show is Can't Wait for Christmas with Toby Mac featuring Reliant K. Tyson, I don't know about you, but I love this time of year. Me too. I love for Christmas. Growing up, my mom would always tell me, you know, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And just the importance of surrounding yourself with people who are going to encourage you, who are going to inspire you, and who are going to help you through your life. And I think that's good company, and I hope that this show brings that to, to those who are listening. Good music, good conversation, good company. Faith Strong Today's Good Company with me, Holly Taylor. Weekdays at 5 p.m. right here on Joy. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. We're back here with author Leah Gray and friend to wives whose husbands struggle with addiction. Leah, I know you're a girl who gets into God's word. So can you share with us a Bible study tool or tip, something that 
you share with others that helps them to get into God's word? Something that helps me a lot is to read the way that the author actually intended us to read it. So what would his understanding have been? What would the person who's listening, what would their understanding have been? And not to shy away from like the history of the actual text. I think sometimes we think that it's too difficult, but it's really not too difficult if you just take the time to look at it. Yeah, so important. That really helps you to get more out of the verse or verses that you're reading. And what's a verse that you could share with people today? Something that might be a life verse or encouragement for them? So a verse that I'm liking recently is 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17. And it says, For our trouble, light and momentary, is producing for us an eternal weight of glory for beyond comparison. So this verse is talking about how our troubles are actually light and momentary now and how they can produce good things for us that have like eternal weight, which is going to last, you know, beyond everything that's here on the earth. But when someone gets your book and they start to read it, they're going to say, well, some of these don't seem so light and momentary, these troubles. Some of them were really difficult. And um, as we're getting back into talking about your life and the book, you know, I think that you were you were talking about this relationship as a teenager that so many of us girls get stuck in an unhealthy relationship where we keep kind of going back and until finally something happens and then we're we're free and we move on. But God used a woman that really helped you to to get healthy. Yeah, her name was Glenna and she was my mom's friend. She was in her 80s when I met her. And I remember when my mom told me to go and see her, I was like, what? Why? Because she was just such, you know, why do you want me to go see this old lady? I think is what I actually said. And I remember walking to her house and she's like sitting in her green chair with her walker. And I was like, oh my goodness, what has my mother got me into now? And when mm -hmm. I walked in, she kind of, the way that she looked at me and the things that she said to me just blew my mind. And I knew in an instant that she knew God. And so she yeah. ended up mentoring me for a couple years after. Um, and it was so good for me to like get that foundation from her. She just really planted very deep roots and things that even now, when I look back, I'm still remembering things that she said to me that I don't remember her saying, but they come up in the moment. It's just, she was the best. Mm. It's so incredible to have these women in our lives, these older women, it's very scriptural to have them to invest in the younger girls. And I know she did that in your life. And so then life carries on and you are out for New Year's Eve. And this one night actually changes, you know, the trajectory of the rest of your life, your future. And so on that night, you meet someone really important to the rest of your story. Yeah. So I had, I was a single mother at the time and I had been working in a hair salon and I really didn't do anything ever for New Year's Eve. And my coworkers were like, Hey, you should come out with us. But I really didn't want to. And you know, like how girls are, they just kind of convinced <laughs> me to go. And so I ended up going out and um, I lost them, all of them at the concert. I, I didn't know where they were. And so I was kind of standing there alone and this guy is yelling at me from across the road. He's like, hey, you know, what are you doing over there? And I was like, stay away. You know, I don't know you. You can stay <laughs> on the other side. And so he did. He stood there for about 30 minutes to see if anybody was coming to pick me up. And he's like, OK, well, um, maybe I can like walk you back to wherever you're staying then at least. 
which in retrospect was still probably not safer, but I assumed by then <laughs> he was pretty safe. So I let him walk me back mm-hmm. to my hotel. And that was kind of that. That was the beginning where you met your future husband-to-be. Yeah. And I didn't know that he was going to be my husband. Like there was no fireworks the first day that we met. He just walked me back. He was super, super chatty. And Mm -hmm. he was showing me like all his Facebook pictures. And I was like, okay, you know, see you later. Um, But then he (laughs) wouldn't stop talking to me on Facebook. And we were just back and forth all the time. And I started looking into his Facebook profile, look at Facebook, like hooking me up. Um, But yeah, we started looking at his Facebook profile just to see, you know, who this guy is. And I found out that, oh, he's from New York. And actually, we had quite a bit of things in common. And he was really nice. And, you know, I'd always wanted to live in New York. So one thing kind of led to another. And eventually, we just didn't stop talking. And so then you move to New York, you're feeling like you, you know, you're getting this dream come true of living in New York with this good looking guy and things are just feeling like it's all right, but stuff begins to unravel for you. Yeah. So we got married really, really fast uh, within the first year that we met and I moved to New York and everything um, that I had thought, everything that I had thought about him was just not exactly what I expected. Shortly after we got married, I got pregnant. And about three days after I got pregnant, my husband went missing. And I didn't know where he was. I didn't know. I I hadn't, you know, had anything like that happen to me before. I was kind of in shock. So I called around to his friends all night like a crazy person trying to figure out if he was dead or at a party. And his friends said that he was there and he came home and like, passed out the next day. And so I packed up my stuff with my son and I left and went to a hotel because I was mad. (laughs) And rightly so. But things just kept getting more and more tumultuous as you found out what the root cause was for his issues. I think it took a while, but how shocking was it when you found out that he was struggling with addictions? So Honestly, I was very, very naive. It took a good year before I clued in that it was like a real issue. He was drinking a lot and he would go out with his friends. And I really just kind of thought it was because I was pregnant and maybe he just like didn't want to have a kid. And as time went on, then I thought he was an alcoholic. So he was going to like AA meetings and that kind of thing. And I found out much, much later that he had been drinking to cover up drug use and that that was the actual problem. So we're talking like at least a year and a half, maybe two years before I really even saw the real issue. And then, you know, things went from bad to worse till finally there was that moment where your husband actually agreed to go into rehab. Yeah, he went to rehab multiple times. Uh, The first time he pretty much just had a breakdown and he went pretty willingly. The second time he went very unwillingly and I had to move out. We had lived apart for a couple months before he finally agreed to go. And that time was much harder. He went for quite a long time. He went for nine months and I moved back to Canada during that time. So I had just packed Mm -hmm. up everything. I left him a mattress, his bicycle and some clothing and his computer. And I took everything else, the kids, the babies, the house, everything. Um, and, and that's it. And I was like, I'm not going to talk to you. I'm not leaving this marriage, but 
I can't do anything with you until you get some help. So after about two months or so, he did agree to go to rehab and he went to one here in Canada so that I could be close to my family. And I think during that time is like when I really started finding my own kind of healing, like I was alone all of the time. And so I had to really face my decisions. Like I was back in my parents' house in their basement. I had to go back to work as a hairdresser and I really just, I, my life was just falling apart. Everything I'd ever wanted and living in New York City, it was all gone. And so God started doing this like weird thing in my heart where I was just finding out more and more every day how very wrong I was about a lot of the decisions that I had made in my life. And as time went on and I spent all that time alone, I started writing. I started writing my book actually and I started a ministry online for wives, just thinking like maybe there would be somebody else out there who was in my shoes, who kind of knew what I was going through and needed some hope. Because every person that I went mm -hmm. to for help, they told me to leave. And they were, they were really critical, actually. Some people blamed me. Some of them told me that mm -hmm. our, my marriage would never work. They were, um, or they were very opposite to the point where like, I need to submit to everything that my husband does because he's the head and, and that kind of thing. And neither of those responses were right for me. So I kind of yeah. just decided to make my own way. And I spent a lot of time in prayer. I started writing Bible studies and I found that there's this middle road between walking in faith and being wise that I feel like mm -hmm. helped me through this, but that I thought other women needed to hear too. And through that, your blog, your ministry online has helped so many, so many girls to get through these times of when they're struggling with a spouse who is in addictions and uh, where they don't have anywhere else to turn they can turn to the ministry that you provide and it's helped them in incredible ways. There is so much more to your story of what God has done. But Leah, we are out of time and I'm just so thankful that you're sharing the, your life, the good and the bad, those circumstances where God has met you and helped you to find healing and to help others in the midst of it. So thank you for continuing to help others. Thanks, Sherry. It's honestly such a joy to be able to have something that was so painful for me help somebody else. Well, that is absolutely like the truth about your life, that you have taken all the difficult things that you've gone through and, and continue. Life never, you know, we're on this earth. It doesn't all just get magically better, but you're using everything to help others. And so it's just a great thing that you're doing. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. The Bible has ample examples of women who were looking for love in all the wrong places. From Tamar to the Samaritan woman at the well, us girls have sadly been trying to fill that love hunger in our heart with men or other things when ultimately it's only God's love that can give you the kind of love you need because He created you. He knows what you need. People are just human, so they'll hurt you at times. Cars break down, clothes change styles, alcohol leaves you hungover, drugs mess up your life, and jewelry tarnishes. God is the only perfect love and the only one who will never let you down. His love is unending. 
If you ever need prayer, remember to email prayer at sherrystall.com. And if you want to find out more about God's love, check out the show notes for a link to my Finding Christ page at soulh2o.com slash 88. There you'll also find scripture graphics, information about our guest Leah, and how to get her book, No One Brings You a Casserole When Your Husband Goes to Rehab. From all of us here at Joy Radio, we're so glad you joined us for episode 89, Love for the Holidays, part two in our Advent series on the Soul H2O radio and podcast show. Come back next week for Joy for the Holidays, week three in the Advent series. Until then, I'm praying you stay blessed and refreshed. We appreciate your support to help Soul H2O Ministries continue and want to thank all of you who partner with us in making this Joy Radio show a reality so people can come and get refreshed. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O Podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world.